0: In on a little bit of the inside of you know just as we as you think through things what it takes to put two services you know together and all this something I didn't even think about was you know there's something so minute as checking the trash cans in between services because they get full the first service well last week they did we had uh, quite a few turnout for first service last week just little things like that you're like oh yeah didn't think about checking the trash in between two services you know just things like that to make um make everything just flow so thank you for. Again, everybody who made last week happen, um, things you don't even know about in this week, uh, because here's our purpose. We know that God has called us to make room, and so now we have plenty of seats and chairs to fill for people who are coming into the kingdom of God, and I'm so thankful for that. Last night, um, I saw where um, Jessica Gibson, Corey and Jessica, were able to lead their oldest boy To Jesus last night, Isaiah. So Isaiah came into the kingdom of God last night. That is so special when kids get to do that with mom and dad, you know, and and it's great, of course, when it can happen here. But I wanted to pass that along to you. So uh, Jessica works a lot on Sunday mornings, um, which is why they're not able to be here a whole lot. But praise God for for that, that that's happening at home. So God is doing good things among us. We are finishing up with our last sermon in this series uh, this Sunday, Equipped and Empowered 2. And I've enjoyed this series. I've enjoyed prayer, preparing for it. Most of them I do, by the way. I don't think there's ever been a series I'm like, ugh. Um, there's some sermons that you, you go through and you're like, wow, Lord, this one's, this one's stepping on my toes a little bit too much. Are you sure do I need to go forward with this one? Um, but I'm, I'm always thankful for what God leads us to and through. So I just want to recap quickly why we were doing this whole series. The Holy Spirit will equip and empower you to do everything God has called you to do everything He's called you to do. And I know God's put some pretty big dreams on your heart, um, some goals, some visions, maybe for your family, um, for a way to reach your community. Um, you know, I know that God has put some pretty big dreams and visions there. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 is the scripture verse that uh, came to mind as we were preparing for this. And it says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call, May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. God will give you the ability. Everything your faith prompts you to do. Um, Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So because of Jesus Christ, all this is made possible for you to accomplish the things that God has placed into your heart. And it brings glory and it brings honor to the name of Jesus. Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Well, hopefully at the end of the day, it's to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. And so that's why we do what we do. By the way, if you have a chance uh, in between services, you need to go back to the kids' building. And look what Melody and her team, I guess your mom helped you out. Um, they did some pretty, it looks good, doesn't it, Jen and Matt. Um, it's, we kind of, they kind of, they came up with this whole um, idea of a theater so when you walk in somebody constructed i'm assuming larry or tim constructed a big ticket booth back there and it looks awesome and then the front has the black curtains with the little um what are those things called swoopy things in between the you know the, the rope things off it looks great back there and they have our love faith community that's back there so if you get a chance run back there just look at it and thank you mel and your mom uh, just for doing that it looks really good um so, let's get into this. Our focus for 2018 is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. We're being transformed by Jesus, and that happens through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, equipped and empowered today to overcome. I love that word. Now, last year, last year, last week, we know that Jesus arose. Well, he did that over 2000 years ago. Anyway, we know that Jesus arose, and we talked about it last week. That's the ultimate of overcoming. Jesus overcame death. I want us to look at a couple of things today, or one thing specifically today, um, how the Holy Spirit has enabled you and I to overcome, because in overcoming, there's something, this is going to be a profound statement, in overcoming, there's something you have to overcome. There's some things that need to be overcome when it comes to overcoming. I want to ask you a question, who loved to dress in your favorite super hero costume as a kid you know as a kid you remember doing that you would dress up guys may have Doug you still do (laughs) a little creepy a little creepy Guys, we would be in our superhero costumes. Girls would dress up in their little princess things. I see the little girls who do that now. They have on all their little princess stuff. And the guys, they're superheroes, Batman and, and all those type of things. It, but like I said, Doug, there came an age where that's no longer appropriate. It's creepy, in fact. You don't want to, to do that. You would get and called either 51 is the age. Okay, so you have another year. By the way, Doug just had a birthday last week, so happy birthday, Doug. Welcome to 50. Not that I'm there, but you are. Um, (laughs) Costumes may have given you, or you see it give your kids a sense of confidence. You ever seen a shy kid who puts on a costume, then all of a sudden they're just, they're who they want to be. They're, They're the life of the party at that moment. But costumes also may have hidden an insecurity. Costumes can do that. They can hide these type of insecurities. My favorite quote still today is this, always be yourself. Unless you can be Batman, then be Batman, right? So that's always been my, my little thing there. But, but costumes have a way of covering up something that can, that can be hidden. The reality is as adults, we still wear costumes to hide what we don't want other people to see. All kinds of different things. And and they're not always visible either, right? Believers face this situation. I want to talk to you today about shame. Shame will cause us to wear all kinds of costumes, to cover up things. We face shame because of past sin, usually. That's where it comes from, is is sin. We face shame because we don't live up to perceived expectations, We even face shame from other believers at times, because we're not living the way we should, and believers, we can shame one another, unfortunately. We can do that. Shame's costume wears a smile, and it has a perfect persona. Everything is all together. We mask our shame. Shame's vocabulary mainly consists of things like this. Everything's great. How are you doing? Oh, everything's great. Life is good. But here's the reality of shame. Shame has been to your school. Shame is at your job. Shame is even in your own home. Spousal mistakes, parental mistakes. Shame could be sitting beside of you right now. In fact, I would almost bet that when you look in the mirror, sometimes you see shame because the mask is not there. You see your heart. You see your mind, and you know what's going on inside. Shame is a very powerful weapon of choice for Satan. Whereas pride takes your eyes off of God and puts them on yourself, shame says, look how worthless I am. I can't measure up. My best days have gone on because of my inabilities, because of my sin. Because I did this, God can't use me. Why would he? That's what shame does. Shame looks at you and says, you're not worthy. Shame looks at you and says, you call yourself a Christian. Shame looks at you and say, how can you face your wife? How can you face your husband? How can you be a role model for your children? But I want to tell you this morning that God has a plan for your life. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. That reference is Jeremiah 29, 11, if you're taking notes. God has a plan for your life, but so does Satan. His purpose is to still kill and destroy. And he'll do it through shame, through shaming you and causing you to put on a mask and causing you to not be who He has called you to be. Shame. It's a very powerful weapon. So, I want to show you how we've been equipped and empowered to overcome it. Because maybe even through talking about this this morning, your mind is going back to that moment of your life where you failed God. You're going back to that moment of your life where you failed your spouse. You're going back to that moment where you failed your children, you failed your teachers, um, you failed even your own expectations. Shame holds you in one place. Have you experienced that? I have. I'll be honest, I've experienced where I'm just, man, I, I just I can't move forward because of this shame. It holds you in one place. And here's why. We were born sinful people. If anybody tells you they have not faced sin in their life, they are lying. The Bible t- says that, by the way. That's not me calling people a liar. That's what the Bible says. Um that, that if you are without if you claim to be without sin. But it's all because of Adam and Eve's sinful choice at the very beginning. Um, as, soon as, they, as soon as God looked for them and you know, they had sinned, what did they do? They went and they hid. We try to hide from our sin. We try to hide from that thing that, that we put a mask upon this shame because of the sin that we have faced. King David faced shame because of his adultery with Bathsheba and the fact that he murdered her husband Uriah to try to cover it up. And here's where it gets us, and it's in Second Samuel. If you're taking notes again, eleven twenty-seven. The last part of that says this key phrase here: "The Lord was displeased." Well, I'm sorry, was displeased with what David had done. That is the worst feeling in the world when you know I, I can, you know, I, I can ask my wife for forgiveness. I can ask my kids for forgiveness, but when it comes to that moment where I sin against God. That's hard for me, it is, because I think, man, the creator of the universe, the reality is could wipe me out just like that, but thank God that he is gracious. But the Lord was displeased with what David had done. Here's what God did. God sought to restore David through the prophet Nathan. If you follow along this story in 2 Samuel 11 uh, and 12 and just around that, that area there. God was not satisfied to leave David in his place of shame and sin. He said, I'm going to restore you. So along comes Nathan. Nathan tells him this story. David recognizes that what, what is happening, what he thinks is happening is his, in his kingdom. David says, this can't happen. Who is this person? And Nathan said, it is you. And so David has this point of overcoming. I want to tell you something about overcoming this sense of shame. Overcoming shame requires travail. Now that's a cool word, isn't it? We don't use that a whole lot, but that word travail means man, it's it's a digging in. It is a almost it's a battle that's happening. It's it's a recognition of sin. It's a recognition of wrong that has happened. Overcoming shame does require travail because David had to repent and come clean. I'm sure that had to be the hardest thing he had ever done. Not only did he commit adultery, but he killed the woman's husband that he had adultery with. Now, he was the king, so he wasn't put to death for that. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. But God still used him. God helped him to overcome his, his shame. Go ahead and turn with me, if you will, to 2 Samuel 12, 13. I want you to, to look at this and, and be able to um, see something here that David did in his idea of, not his idea, but in God's purpose of travail for him to overcome this. What David needed to go through. He, had, he needed to have this sorrow. There's another scripture while you're turning there. I didn't write, write this down, but it's God's kindness that leads us to Repentance. So I want us to understand when sin and shame comes upon us, there's not a God in heaven who is looking at us and saying, shame on you. What He is saying, it's my kindness, it is my grace. That's how you overcome. That's how you come to repentance. 2 Samuel 12, 13 says, Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you. And you will not die for this sin. Notice what happened here. David confessed to another person. But he was also confessing before God. That, that had happened. David recognized that he was wrong before the Lord. But there was this confession that began to happen. So I want us to look today for us. How do we overcome shame? We see how David did it. How do we? And the first point, we are equipped and empowered to overcome sin by the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 12.10, go ahead and turn over there with me. Last week, we talked about the fact that on on Friday, Jesus died upon the cross for our sins. Um, The blood that was shed was for us so that we could overcome, right? The the, the sinful life that we had had, the sins that we had built up, the sins that we even commit today were all overcome because of that. But Revelation 12.10 says, we're going to read through verse 11. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated Him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Now, this is talking about people who overcome in the midst of persecution and tribulation. But there's something that we're going to bring out of here. How did they overcome these things? Well, there was a sinful life that they had to overcome. There was shame that they had to overcome uh, to to be able to be a a victorious people. So that's what Revelation 12.10 tells us. Only the blood of the Lamb can completely take away our sin and shame. I'll give you this reference if you want to write it down. Hebrews 9.11, it's on the screen. Uh, We'll go through verse 12. Hebrews 9.11 through verse 12. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, uh, which was not made by human hands and is not part of the created world, with His own blood, not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever." This is what God did. See the picture in heaven as it's unfolding? These two verses out of Revelation and, and Hebrews, you see that the accuser was defeated. How do we get this sense of shame from our sin? It's from the accuser. If you'll remember back at the beginning, what we were just talking about, Satan, his purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he does that by accusing you of all the sins that you done have done including the ones that you've already repented of. Mm-hmm. I think that can be for me the most dangerous. I've already repented of this. I've already taken care of it before the Lord, but the accuser comes along and says, "What? Remember when?" And if I'm not in a good place, I think, "Yeah, that's right. I'm not worthy." But then I get to go back and I remember the scripture that says, how did they overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. And I remind myself, I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been made, as the Bible says, white as snow, pure. And I've overcome because of not my own goodness, but because of the blood of the Lamb, I have overcome sin and shame. And I can even go to Danny and I'll say, Danny, I know you, you, this is really bothering you right now. You, you, you talk about how this particular sin, da, 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 whatever it is, but you've overcome. And then Danny, all of a sudden, you know, I'm that Nathan to David. Be a Nathan to someone who needs it. Be that person who comes along and assures someone who's going through a very difficult time. Yes, God has seen what you have done, but God has forgiven you as well. That's, thank you, Lord, for that. Hebrews 9, 22. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with the blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. The blood of Jesus completely took away set, Satan's leverage against us. That's good news this morning. The leverage that he has of shame over that he's holding over us, that was taken away by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And here's the thing. We were redeemed. Now, I want us to look at this for a moment. We were redeemed. Here's what redeemed means. Redeemed means to overcome, I'm sorry, to recover ownership. Redeemed means to recover ownership. Um, I did a police ride along on Friday night, and no one got tased again this time, so I was a little disappointed. But I'm teasing. Um, we were—that's <laughs> sick, isn't it? Um, <laughs> God has seen, and right—I'll probably experience shame later, but it's been overcome. No, um, <laughs> it was interesting. There was this kid who was um, learning to drive a stick shift in a parking lot, and uh, which was—it was all good until there were, a call came in that there was drag racing happening. And so I show up with my friend Jordan. I was, for those of you who've met Jordan at the Monday Motivation, Kelsey and Rusty and these guys back here. I was riding along with him. And so we go behind this building and we're watching because we hear this. I'm like, dude, this is so awesome. I'm doing a stakeout. You know, it was really cool. <laughs> um But this kid, uh, was it wasn't even his car, it was a Mustang, and he started revving the engine, and and then he was speeding through the parking lot, and that's when it became a crime, right? It, It became a crime. And had he been caught racing someone else, which he wasn't, thank goodness for him, had he been caught racing with someone else, his car, actually it wasn't his car, the person's car he was driving would have been impounded. And it would not have belonged to him anymore. And the only way that car could be gotten back is the owner would have had to go and reclaim his property. So I want just think about that for a moment. Redeem, to recover ownership. Has anybody ever won a contest or a prize? Cam has, yeah, a few people over here. I've won a few things, you know, at different, the different gatherings. But like on a radio contest where you have to go pick it up. I want you to get this picture in your mind for a moment. You have to go to the person who's holding the prize. At that point, when they say, Cam, you've won a trip for you and your favorite pastor to Hawaii. Cam has to go and take it. has become his at that moment, but he has to go and get it. So when he goes, he has to uh, go to the person who's holding the prize. He has to identify himself, probably take his license, something like that. So he has to take possession from the one holding the prize. It is cams. He just had to take possession of it. Here's the thing. Jesus already made it possible. That's what redeemed means. Your forgiveness and your release from that sin and shame has already happened. It's just taking possession of that. And how do we do that? Because of the blood of the Lamb. That's how we do it. We remind ourselves and we remind the accuser of the brethren that, you know what? My sin has been forgiven. I am washed clean by the blood of the lamb. He reclaims us. This is beautiful. Jesus reclaims us by taking possession of us through his shed blood. God has taken possession of you. Who then can separate us? What then can separate us from the love of God? Nothing can separate us from Him. He took away our sins. You may hear this word too, the remission of sins. You ever heard that word, uh, the the remission of sins? I want us to look at this for a moment. The word remit means to return to sender. Now, we moved into our new place back in September, so we're still getting mail um, for... the the previous owners of the home, so we'll have to put on there, not at this address, you know, return to sender. Uh, There's times I'll get stuff even at the mail, in our mailbox here for the person who previously owned the home. Sometimes I get stuff from this guy named Bob Bankhead, and so, (laughs) previous pastor here, return to sender, don't know this guy. Uh, That's what remit means. It means to return to sender. Jesus' blood Remits our remitted our sins, okay? So if Satan was our accuser, Revelation 12, 10, we understand that the debt was paid in full. And so that whole remission of sin is, oh no, you can't accuse me of that, Satan. Take that back on yourself. Because I have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. The debt was paid in full. When we live under the weight of shame, we can chain ourselves or we do chain ourselves to the very same sin that Christ has bled for. So this morning, I, wanna, I just want to speak freedom over your life this morning from God's Word. Some of you need to hear this this morning, that Christ has already spoken that freedom over you. And I just want to take a moment with this. You need to experience the freedom that you've been holding on to. The accuser has been throwing it up in your face for years. Something that you did years ago. And he keeps bringing it up. And you're a believer, but he keeps bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. God wants to break that today. And how he breaks that is through the blood of the lamb. You're set free this morning. When we live under the weight of shame, we chain ourselves to the very same sin that Christ bled for. Shame will chain you to your sin. Shame will chain me to my sin. But it's been taken care of. Next, here's another way that we overcome. We are equipped and empowered to overcome shame by the word of our testimony. So we are equipped and empowered to overcome sin. By the blood of the Lamb, we are equipped and empowered to overcome shame by the word of our testimony. Your testimony is your spoken confession along with the action of repentance. Okay, I want us to catch this for a moment. Your testimony is your spoken confession along with the action of repentance. The word confess the sin, that phrase there, that brings healing. When I confess my sin. Now, now here's what it looks like, especially when we look at a David and Nathan um, type of relationship that you see there in the Bible, is you have, Doug, you're Nathan, okay? Well, I could make this like this since it's Nathan and David, my son Nathan, right? I would go to Nathan, Nathan would come to me, and he would have a word from the Lord, you sinned in this area. And so, that confession that happens at that point um, Well, actually, I should say the recognition that God knows. By the way, before I move on, how did Nathan even know? God told him. You know, I believe God has put strategic people in our lives that He will speak to them about you, and I believe that these are close friendships. It could be even even be your spouse. You know, any anything like that could be your spouse. When David confessed to Nathan, the healing process began. So Nathan says, David, I feel that this is going on in your life. And David says, you know what? You're exactly right. I have sinned before God. At that moment, the healing process began. So maybe today, what's been holding some of us back is this. We haven't confessed the sin and I'm not talking about a come and stand before the church congregation and air out all your dirty laundry. I don't think that's appropriate. However, there are trusted people that you have in your life that you can say, you know what? I sinned against the Lord. And according to what the Word of God says, until confession before God is made, that's, that's primary, the shame will, and sin will not be overcome. Yes, we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb, but it's also the word of our testimony. It's that confession that happens here. Confess the sin which brings healing. It tells what we have done. At this point, we are no longer pretending. The mask has come off and we're able to be who God has called us to be. I don't like pretending. I really don't, but I find myself doing it so much, especially when I feel inadequate. And I can tell you, can I just be honest here for a moment and open before you? This role, there are so many times I am tempted to wear a mask because I feel I can't do this. I have to work with Kevin all the time. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Thank you. No, in all, in all reality, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that, you know, man, I can't, I can't carry this weight. I can't. Do this that. I'm not... Who am I to be a spiritual leader of people? Who am I to be a spiritual leader? Sure, I could be a spiritual leader of kids because they're just learning. But what about people who have walked with Jesus all their lives? I can't... I'm just... I'm so inadequate. So I'll put on my pretend face that I have it all together. Can I tell you, that doesn't work for me. Here's where I have found it works the best. When I go to the trusted leaders, the elders of the church, and I say, you know what? What what are we going to do next, pastor? I don't don't know. But then I began to pray. And I began to recognize the call that God has on my life. I want to encourage you, church, pray and recognize the call that God has on your life. And throw off the mask. I know, how, I know why I feel inadequate at times. It's because of the mistakes I've made in the past. I know why you feel inadequate at times. It's because of the mistakes that you've made in the past. How can I tell my friends about Jesus when they see me lose it occasionally? Well, God's going to help you overcome that. Amen. Confessing tells what you've done and allows you to no longer be pretending. I want you to write down two scriptures here. 1 John 1, 9. And James five 16. 1 John one nine and James five sixteen. As a matter of fact, go ahead and turn to first John. I want you to underline these couple ones right here. We're empowered and equipped to overcome shame by the word of our testimony. First of all, before God, verse John 1, 9 says this, But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now that's our relationship to the Lord. James five sixteen is where other people come in. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now here's my temptation, and I think we can all face this. Um, you know, Kevin comes to me and he says, "David, I've sinned in this particular area," and he comes to me as a trusted friend. I think, okay, Kevin, let me let me pray for you. Thank you for confession, confessing, and then I do things like this. Hey, Ink, can you pray with me with Kevin? Did you hear what he did? <laughs> we need we need to, we'll come. I'll come in the sense of a, of a prayer request. We need we need to pray for Kevin Ink because. Whew, you're not going to believe. I probably shouldn't tell you. But but confession to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed, not to spread it around. Amen. It's that moment of trusted friendships. Be a friend that can be trusted. Repentance restores relationship. One between people, but mainly between God and you. Repentance restores relationship. You're already in 1 John 1, back up to verse 6 here. Uh, So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing uh, the truth. Keep on going, verse 7. Um, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So you see the couple things that are going on here too, that confession and the blood of Jesus. That's how we overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Repentance is where the talk stops and the walk begins. Repentance is where the, I know I need to, I know I need to stop living in the past. I know I need to give this up. I know I need to, I know I need to, but the walk begins. Here's what shame does. Shame makes you look backwards. This is what I've done. Repentance causes you to look forward. I'm no longer bound by the past. I've given this illustration before and I love it, but um, whenever you hear, if you watch the race this afternoon, if you're into racing, um especially on the big tracks where they're they're drafting and all this, the driver, man, he drives a lot through his rearview mirror. He wants to see where the person behind him is going to try to break out of the draft and go around him, you know, bring some cars with him. So there's a lot of driving in the rearview mirror. When I was in ARCA, I would always have on a headset and I would listen to the officials. I would listen to different drivers. But something that has always stuck to me on a spiritual level is this. I can remember hearing a driver. He was, he was out in front and no one was going to pass him. And the spotter, up top told the driver, he says, quit driving out of your rearview mirror and look out the big windshield in front of you and you drive your car. The kid ended up winning the race. What an amazing spiritual application that we can take away from that. I need to stop driving out of this little, you know, two inch by six inch. Is that how big they are, Danny? It's just a guess. The rearview mirror, you know, something like that. That That's pretty good guess, wasn't it? We need to stop driving out of that. And instead, we've got this whole life in front of us that God has laid out for us. Shame, sin, and shame will cause us to look out of this little thing. When in in reality, this whole idea of repentance—I can look forward to what God has for me. Can you stand with me this morning?